Hi, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi. Since 2011, I've sold over $700 million worth of products for both clients and my own companies. I've also founded or co-founded eight different businesses that have grossed between seven to nine figures in revenue. Today, I focus a lot of my time on teaching, training, and mentoring the next generation of freelancers and entrepreneurs. And that's why I created The Road to a Billion, a call-in radio show style podcast where I answer people's questions on mindset, business ownership, scaling funnels, copywriting, and more. If you want to submit a question, then check out the show notes to learn how, or visit me at stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe to opt into my email list. And every week, you'll get a link to join the live call-in show. And with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Hey, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi, and I'm glad to have you with me here today. The Road to a Billion is a call-in radio show style podcast where you can ask me and my guests questions about freelancing, copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, scaling funnels, relationships, money, pretty much anything. The reason for the name, The Road to a Billion, is because my uh, copy will have hit a billion dollars in sales this year, uh, both for, for some of my own products and businesses and also for my clients. Uh, and also I'm trying to make an impact in the lives of a billion people over the next 10 years, whether that is financial, emotional, mental, spiritual, what have you. We're going to start taking calls and realistically about 20 minutes from now. But if you have a question, go and put it in the Q&A section here in Zoom, if you're on Zoom. And my friend Ed Ray will then review those questions and feed them to myself and my guest, Carlene, who will be introduced in a moment. Before we do introduce Carlene though, Ed, do you wanna go ahead and say hi to everybody and uh, let folks know who you are and what you do? Hey everyone, my name is Ed Ray and uh, I'm the Facebook guy. I do uh, everything to do with Facebook from ads to funnels to landing pages and uh, help make sure that you get your ads running and approved on Facebook. So don't worry about getting uh, cucked by Zuck. That's me. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, nobody wants to be cucked by anybody, but especially not uh, that kind of creepy Mark Zuckerberg guy. So um, my host today, or my host, my guest today is uh, Carlene Inglade Cole. If you don't know Carlene, she's one of the great copiers of all time. She spent 12 years in direct mail working for Phillips Publishing. She was personally mentored by Clay Makepeace. And in the last few decades, she's managed to create controls for pretty much every big name in direct mail you can imagine, health resources, True Health, Healthy Directions, Boardroom, Biscayne Labs, Vitamin Research Group, and so many more. Uh, she also helped to launch Oprah's O Magazine via direct mail. Uh, she was awarded the uh, Copywriter of the Year by AWAI in 2015. And she's the author of an incredible book with an even more incredible title, My Life as a 50-Year-Old White Man, which is a must-read for any aspiring <laughs> copywriter. Uh, Carlene, it's so awesome to have you with us today. Thank you for being here. Oh, I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this all week long. Thank you for inviting me. This is, cool. this is really cool. Absolutely. So one question I have just out of the gate is um, at the Copy Accelerator virtual event, you know, you were mentioning how you wanted to get to a thousand copies sold and you're at like 990 and then you've basically sold the show at Copy Accelerator. I mean, you were just so <laughs> awesome. So I'm, I'm, I have no doubt you hit that thousand goal. So I'm okay. curious, what, what's, the, what's the new goal now? What are you trying to do with your book sales now? Well, right now, I mean, you know, when I started launching my, launch my book, I, the, I, my book is my, my life as a 50 plus year old white man. And I'm cracking up at Chad's comment. It's like, hey, Stefan, who's this 50 year old white guy you're interviewing? <laughs> <laughs> it's me. It's me. Um, so the goal at that time was I wanted to get to a thousand because I was told that, hey, if you go self-publish, you're probably not going to sell. You, you will sell 250 to 2000 books in the whole lifetime of the book. 
Mm. You know, and I'm like, whatever, you know, so I set a goal. I said, look, I want to sell a thousand books within a, within the first four weeks. But it was when I, when I had uh, attended your copywriter, Excel, copy accelerator program, um, the session, I was at 990 something. It was only three weeks into it. So I'm like, okay, I got it. I want to, I'm changing the goals now to getting it in three weeks, you know, a thousand. So yes, at the, at the actual event, I hit the 1000 mark. Um, so my next goal was they told me the powers that be said, hey, if you're self-publishing, you won't get into a bookstore because, you know, nobody's going to put your self-published book in a bookstore. You don't nobody knows who you are, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, right. So now I'm trying to go with Barnes and Noble and I got them to test my book. Um, and I got nice. one store to test it and they did it. I said, look, I promise you, I even guarantee, I said, look, I promise that if you don't sell these books, I will buy them back from you. That's how confident I am. These books are going to sell. Well, now the other day, this past weekend, I went a step further and I went to the Barnes and Noble's locations that are carrying my book. And I gave them this guarantee, this hundred percent money back guarantee to put next to my book that says, if you buy my book in this store and you don't love it, then I will personally refund you your money. You know, the manager of Barnes Noble was like, oh, no, don't do that. The people will take advantage of you. Don't. I said, it's okay. It's okay. I got this. I said, I'm not comfortable about it. So that's my next challenge now was, you know, buying this book at Barnes & Noble's lo um, in-store locations to let them know I am serious that this book is going to make a difference in people's lives. It's, it's for, you know, it's for anybody. It's for immigrants. It's for moms. It's for people who are starting off. It's for people who try to change their career. It's just kind of giving them a, an opportunity to learn about a whole new business that they never knew about and it exists and you don't have to have a college degree to make it work. So I just, I'm just so excited. So that's my new bold move right now is putting that hundred percent guarantee with all my books that are at Barnes and Noble that tells people you got nothing to lose and a lot to gain. Spend the money. It's worth it. Love it. And um, I'm going to give you the, my, my, my terrible confession is that I had not ordered the book yet, but like I keep meaning to. So literally while we were, while you were talking, I copy and pasted the link to my assistant Julia and said, please order it right now. So it's literally being ordered while, uh, while we're talking. Oh, live, live. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, yeah. Everybody I've talked to is just like, Oh my God, it's so good. It's so full of like nuggets of wisdom. Um, and let me ask you, uh, you know, what, why, why were you inspired to, to write the book in, in the first place? Well, honestly, I've had this book idea in my head for years. I, uh, but it was last November, I attended Brian Kurtz's seminar. Um, and I was there and I was speaking at the seminar and I just kind of put it out there that I said, hey, if I ever wrote a book, I mean, this is my life who I've been dealing with the past 30 years I've been working with. It's a 50 plus year old white male market. So I said, if I, I've got the title for the book. If I ever write it, this is what it's going to be called. Well, it just happened to be that there was um, a, an editor who was attending, uh, you know, Laura Gale, and she came to me afterwards and said, hey, are you serious about writing this book? I said, look, the book is in my head. I just have not had time to put it in writing because I'm writing for other people, making money work for other clients. I didn't have time to do it for myself. And so she says, hey, let, why don't I help you do this? You know, you can just talk the book to me and, you know, get that. I said, oh, I can totally do that. I said, it's, I got it. So we started February 1st. And we were done July 23rd. I mean, on Amazon pre-order ready on July 23rd. Mm. So that was like unheard of right there of getting it that fast. And then we launched it on Amazon August 12th. So that was kind of why I wanted to write it because a couple of reasons. One, I feel like I have a really good story I could share with people. You know, a Haitian immigrant, Rags to Riches story, stumbling across this, this industry that has become, you know, that has been a wonderful um, 
you know, career for me has been a wonderful opportunity for me to do so many things because of copywriting. So I wanted people to know about that, but also I wanted to sort of, you know, give credit and, and, and applaud and praise to the people who helped me, uh, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants is what it comes up to. So I, there were many giants who let me jump on their shoulders to learn and they were dying. They were dying. They were getting old and they were going. And so I wanted to make sure that I could let them know. I mean, I told them, but I wanted a way to kind of say, no, you guys were the reasons why I got to be where I am right now. So thank you. And my biggest regret with the whole book was that I started February 1st and I, my, my mentor, Clayton Makepeace, I had told him, I said, look, I'm going to write a book. You know, will you, will you write the forward for me? And he goes, just make it happen, make it happen, you know? And as I am into the book, you know, the next month he passes away. So he mm-hmm. didn't get to see the book come to life. Like I, I knew he would love it. And, but I'm not worried because he knew I loved him and he knew he was awesome. And he knew he was, you know, I didn't have to tell him that in a book, but just to give him the honor and the credit that he deserves for really helping me grow my career. So because of that, I'm like, I lost so many other mentors in the past few years. I just said, you know, I just want to get it out there now. And I want to be a living mentor. I don't want people to get in my book when I'm dead and go, oh man, she knew so much. I want you to know, I know much now. I can help <laughs> you right now, you know? So that, those are kind of the reasons why I felt this is the time. And then with the whole COVID, you know, shelter in place, I had the time. I could sit down and go with Laura and just, you know, talk the book out and everything else. So instead of, you know, instead of just, you know, feasting on all kinds of cool shows on TV or binge, <laughs> binge watching, I thought, yeah, let's get this book done. I think this is the time for it. And it really is a time. It is, it is just a perfect, you know, melting pot of what's going on in, in society right now that ties into what's happening with the book. It just goes away different levels than just copywriting. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. By the way, uh, Matt Murphy asked, "Is there an audio version of the book yet?" Oh, don't don't get me started on that. I <laughs> have had it on on August twenty first. I submitted it for Audible, and it they said it would take about thirty days. It's taken almost sixty days, mm. and then yesterday they kicked it back because I made there was some mistake I didn't do properly or whatever. So I just had to re-record just two lines, two lines in the whole book I had to re-record today. And so I'm getting it back again. So hopefully this week or next week, I'll be back at Audible's and it'll probably be another 30 to 60 days. So the answer is yes, it is coming, <laughs> I promise. But, you know, it's just taken much longer. It should have been out a long time ago, but it is coming. Yeah, good, good things, uh, you know, are worth the wait. So. <laughs> When um, being mentored by, by Clay Makepeace, what are, what's maybe one or two of the most important lessons that he taught you? Um, if there's anything that comes to mind immediately, I, w- I would be curious about that. Oh, yeah. The most powerful lesson Clayton taught me um, was to know who you're talking to and write like you talk. You know, mm. he's all like, do not start writing unless you know who your market is. So that also ties into knowing, getting the research and everything else right. before you start writing. But when he says to me, you know, write like you talk, that has been my mantra from, from that point on. Because when you read my copy, I, li- I love it when people say to me, oh my goodness, I'm reading your copy, but I'm hearing you. I'm hearing your voice in my head. I, 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 you know, like I'm not reading it. I'm listening to you talk to me. That is the ultimate compliment to me because that is writing like you talk, which means break the rules of writing. Don't, you know, start with a but. You know, just change up on people all the time. You know, it, it's, it's just an art that you do it. And he was the master of that. Mm-hmm. And he taught me from day one, connect with them. Like you are having a conversation right across, you know, the table with that person. And you just write like you talk. 
And that, like I said, that was, uh, that's been gold for me. Has been, I try to share that with many writers. You know, when I read it, when they, when they send me their copy, I'm like, you didn't read this out loud because if you had read it out loud, you would have picked up a whole bunch of stupid mistakes that you're sending me now. And don't, be, don't send this to me again until you read your copy out loud. And it sounds like a conversation that you're having with your prospect. I love that, Carlene. Yeah, that's, that's uh, ooh, I don't know. It just aligns really well. I, I feel the same way as a copywriter and, and being conversational. And, and even when I see a lot of younger copywriters and younger, I just mean people who are early in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're afraid to inject personality into their copy sometimes. So it comes across very like stiff and impersonal. And, and constipated. Yeah, constipated. Constipated. Yeah. the word. <laughs> constipated copy. And, um, you know, that's every time, right? And, and then I've had to tell so many writers like, hey, like, don't be afraid, put yourself into it. Or even if, if you're writing for a, a spokesperson or a guru, it's like really get to know them and get their voice. But then, mm-hmm. you know, I always say I'm like a psychopath. Like I hear whoever I'm writing, like I'm, I'm obviously a white man. I'm not 50 yet. But even when I was in my, <laughs> my late 20s and I was writing as a 55 year old, like white man, if I was like a conservative, like angry old white man, I would, I would be like shaking and like these damn kids, you know, <laughs> while I'm writing and, and, um, uh, yeah, that always served me well. So it's cool hearing you say that. I, I, and McLean told you too. Um, that's awesome. What, um, how did you first get into like direct response copy? I know it was a while back, obviously, but like, well, you know, what was it for you? How, how did you kind of uncover this world? Well, you know, in the book, it says how I stumbled, how I fumbled and stumbled my way into this career, which is exactly what happened. I was a stay-at-home mom, had a one-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old, two girls, who are both copywriters now, by the way. Um, And so, I'm losing my headphone here. So, um, I was looking for a job. My husband's a firefighter, and I was just looking for a job that would give me flexibility um, and part-time income, you know, just to be able to stay home with the kids and be able to make a little bit of money on the side, whatever. And I just saw this ad for Phillips Publishing that it had a big sign. It said flexible schedule, customer service job, paying eight bucks an hour. And it was near my house. And I thought, oh man, let me go ahead and check this out. And it turned out to be Phillips Publishing, which was a, an entrepreneurial a direct response copywriting, uh, direct response company that used copywriters. I knew nothing about that. I just need the flexible schedule. And then from there, I got into customer service, which was probably, I tell people all the time, that was probably one of the best jobs I ever had because I learned immediately how to listen to the customer. And that has been part of my writing all along is what does the customer want? Well, here I spent about almost a year in customer service, listening to the customer and hearing who these people are. So I kind of knew who they, who the market was, you know, and, you know, just because I talk with them every day. And then from there, I kind of just, you know, made my way through the company. I worked in accounting department. That's when I heard about this new health group that was being launched. Um, and I thought, oh, this is cool because Phyllis was a financial publisher, but now they're opening up this launch group. I mean, this um, health group. And I'm like, oh, I want to get into this one. So I had to like talk my way and threaten my way into this job um, to be able to get, you know, a chance because I had no experience. Almost every job I've had, I had no experience in it anyway. So this was no different. And I talked my way into getting a job in the, mar- in the marketing department and just learned everything from the ground floor. And as I got to be a marketing assistant, direct assistant marketing manager, marketing ma- um, senior marketing manager, marketing director, got to work with these people called copywriters. You know, it's like, what? And they're living all over the world and we're sitting out these big checks to them. And I'm like, okay, why? What am I doing wrong here? What is the problem? And, and one of the best copywriters in the company was Clayton Makepeace. And our group, he actually launched our group, our health group. And that was um, how I got to know him. 
most amazing person. And he was just very sharing and taught me whatever he could. And I would just look at his copy and go, well, if he's doing this, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm writing copy. What did Clayton do here? He got mad. I'm going to get mad. If he got, you know, put five bullets, I'm putting five bullets, you know, if he says hogwash, I'm saying hogwash, you know, so I just kind of imitated whatever he was doing whenever I had to write copy. And I got to be, it's like, oh man, this is pretty cool. This is pretty good. And so I would say to him, hey, Clayton, I wrote this. We take a look at it. And he would look at it. He's like, hey, not bad, not bad, you know? So I'm like, okay. And then this went on for years. And so I finally got to a point in life where I had my four children and they needed more of my time. And I didn't, the corporate America was not working for me anymore. I was making good money, but I did not own my life and I wanted my life back. So it was, it was uh, January 1st, 1999 that I just hung, hung up my uh, copywriting singles and almost 21 years later, I have not looked back once. It's like the best decision I ever made, you know, for my career, for my life, for my family. And so that was it. And Clayton had said to me at the time, he's like, listen, I told him I was looking to leave uh, Phillips. He says, well, I can't tell you to leave my number one client, but when you do, give me a call, you know? And I sure enough did. I, I called him on January 1st. I said, I am available. You know, he goes, okay, come help me out with this, you know, with project. So he would kind of throw some stuff my way. It wasn't writing. It was more marketing stuff, but it was money. And I was, you know, getting to meet people. And that's kind of how it, it just evolved one client after another that led me to uh, where I got to be where I am. Today when you, do you do so actively, you still actively do client work today, right? Mm-hmm. So, are you pretty much getting, is it all referral based and because of, you know, your reputation and what you've done at this point, like, is it pretty much always people coming to you? Yeah, I just only, I work with a couple of clients, maybe two or three clients a year. Um, and if I like them, I offer them the chance to work with them again next year. If I don't <laughs> like them, they don't get the offer. <laughs> so pretty much that's it because the, the two or three clients will take about maybe three or four slots and there's my year. Yeah, uh, easily. So it, it works out great. So I tend to work. I have, I do try to leave a spot for one new client, somebody that I thought, oh, you know, I like what they do. They may not be able to afford me, but I like what they're doing. Let me try to play with around, see what I can help them with or whatever. So just to keep some new blood coming into the business. And right. it's turned out really well because those one little new clients and grew to the point where they're now very pretty important clients. So I will try to keep like uh, opportunity, get one opportunity throughout the year for somebody or, you know, to try to do something new and different. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I do, it goes back to the power of, for all this stuff about getting clients and techniques, it's like, at the end of the day, it's like being really good at writing copy is a really good way to have good job security and then not job, like a, a traditional job, but to get more clients, right? So if you work for these clients and you get them results, it's very easy for them to come back and want to keep hiring you and keep working with you. And then yeah. you have that position of power, right? To be like, to choose whether you work with them the following year. And, and yeah. I think that's really neat, but it comes back to a million things, but one of them is the fact that you're such a talented writer and your uh, copy performs at such a high level so often. Well, um, thank you. But yeah. you know, one thing I, writers think that new, new writers think they have to have a whole bunch of clients. I've learned I'm, at one point, I mean, seven years into my business, I realized the more clients I worked with in the year, the less money I made. The fewer clients I work, the more money I made. So when I realized that, and, and it made sense because when you're working with a new client, you have to understand their process. You have to go through their legal department. You, it's all like got to understand that junk before you can write your, your copy for them, right? But if it's the same client, you're working with them three or four times in a year, you already know that stuff. So you can just jump right in there and write the copy. And then you already know what their legal you know, boundaries are. You kind of know what, you know, what they're going to go with or whatever. So it makes life easier as a writer because you can just write your stuff and then not have to go back and have it you know, edited or sliced up from the, 
you know, from the legal department because you kind of went too far. Um, and I always go far. I always push it. But, you know, I, it's a lot easier when you know the client's um, comfort level. Um, so I, so at that point, I said, you know what, two to three, three clients max a year because then I'm going to make more money just because I'm working with fewer people and we can get things rocking and rolling much quicker. Yeah, that's awesome. That was a really good insight. And I saw a lot of people in the chat just saying, mind blown, eye-opening, <laughs> love it. Less clients equal more money. That's fucking gold. <laughs> um, so true. Quality over quantity. I'm going to have zero clients to make millions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get one. Get one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I do need one. What's a good idea? Yeah. Um, that's cool. So how about for, I mean, I asked you, I asked about that, the, one of the biggest lessons that, um, that, that Clayton taught you. What's like one of the biggest lessons that you've learned, I guess, in the last, and throughout your career, but maybe even as a freelancer, as you've gone to freelancing, whatever it is, but, but just really one of like the most important things about writing copy that you found to be true besides the, um, you know, writing in your own voice and, um, you know, doing the research and knowing who you're, who you're speaking to. Um, I, I think a powerful lesson that, that, helps, that is helping me, has helped me, and can probably help um, those of you out here just getting started too, is that, um, you know, embrace the fear. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, you might get scared about writing something. You might be scared about trying to go after a client or whatever. It's like, okay, be scared. You know, that's fine. Just do it anyway. Just be a, don't be afraid to be afraid, you know, because I tell you, whenever I start a project and I, I look at it, I'm going, <gasps> Oh no, this is the one that they're going to realize I'm a fraud. This is the one they're going to know I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I, I, I go through that same process. It used to kind of, you know, make me feel like exhausted, you know, early on. But now I use it almost with my, to my advantage to say, okay, good. Because this means I got to get my A game on. Don't sit, don't sit there on your, on your laurels. You know, you got to make this thing better than anybody else, you know, even yourself, you know. So it's almost like embrace that fear because fear is healthy. I mean, like I say, I fear um, gravity. So I don't go jumping off a 20, you know, story building, you know, and I, I fear being, you know, hungry. So I try to, you know, go out and work so I can feed, you know, so it might be my belly. So those, those, that kind of fear is fine, but don't be afraid to try. I, I think one reason I've made myself a little bit different than everybody else is I intentionally go out there and create craziness as much as possible. You know, I go, what can I possibly do to make this client freak out to the point where he's like, can we do this? You know, and I, and I really, that's my goal. Like, what can I write and what can I create on that cover to really get them a little nervous? Because if I do that, then I've pushed them out their comfort zone and there's where the growth is, you know, out of your comfort zone. So it's almost like if you're afraid, great, great. Use that fear to get you going. People say, hey, why are you telling people how you do things? You're giving away all your secrets. You're not dead. You know, why are you giving them all away now? I'm like, because if people are doing this, I got to get better. I got to do something new. I got to be, beat myself. I got to beat everybody else while I told what I'm doing. So that's an incentive for me to keep growing and keep, you know, not, not just not being comfortable. You know, and so when you get comfortable, your copy gets comfortable, then it becomes, you know, boring. And it's like, uh uh, no, always find a way to kind of make yourself a little afraid and then use that fear to, you know, to just go ahead and write your copy that you, the best copy that you can. Yeah, I love that. Um, I do, I, I'm the same way in that, uh, not to just relate everything back to myself, but I, I get half the reason, half <laughs> the reason is, I do this show is I do it is because like I, I benefit from it a ton too. Um, and, and yeah, like just even with my, uh, my health supplement companies and the first one, and even today, right. When I give away same thing, right. Giving away a ton of, of, mm-hmm. of kind of stuff and, and for free. And then I have stuff I charge for too, but like, um, 
I'm always, I've always been the same way where it's like, if people kind of copy me or do whatever, that's going to force me to innovate and get better. So that's always my attitude versus being like, oh no, you know, now like there's another, like a copycat. I'm like, cool. Mm -hmm. Like, great. Good for them. Now I'm just going to go to the next level and they have to try and keep keeping yeah, up with keep me. Following and pushes, me. Follow yeah. me. Follow me. <laughs> Such a fun way to look at it. Right. Yeah. Um, well, when, I, you're, when you're a trailblazer, you know, it's like, you don't know the path you're creating the path, but if you have to follow somebody in their path and you got to kind of stay in here and stay in there, but if you don't know what you're doing, you just go out there and then do it. So that's, what's much better being a, the trailblazer than a follower. But I mean, being a follower, you can make some money too. Don't get me wrong, but you know, the blazer are going to come up with the cool ideas and different uh, approaches that's going to blow people away. Yeah, I think for, uh, I'd be curious if you agree with this. I generally think when you're starting out, like, like early on, sure, like kind of follow, model off what's working, you know, use the system um, and innovate, but like between the lines, really, right? Kind of like, here's like the, like the lines, like, you know, you can innovate a little bit, but, but really get to where you can consistently produce like, uh, B, B plus quality copy, whatever mm -hmm. it is, like very consistently. And then from there, and ultimately saying you think it's a B plus or, or B will end up being like an A level copy that'll have success for you and uh, you'll have more options. And then I think then at that point is when you can start getting really crazy. Like I think what your, your headline that you shared at the Copy Accelerator event of the, it's like, if you can read this, um, something for a vision, but it was all blurry and jumbled and backwards or whatever. And I was like, damn, that's such a cool headline. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I'd have the balls to even try it, but you did. And um, yeah. Well, that's so, because yeah. I have this little, I have this, this uh, process um, where when it comes to trying to, 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 to really go out there for it. I believe, first of all, you want to write copy. You got to, you know, learn the rules and then break them. Yeah. That's my, my mantra. Learn the rules. There are good copywriting rules and you could be a decent copywriter following the rules. You won't be an extraordinary copywriter, but you could be a decent copywriter making decent money and being happy with it. If you want to go to the route of being an extraordinary, copy, extraordinary copywriter, you got to now take those rules and then just break them. So what I do when I'm writing, when I'm doing cover tests, for example, now my client wants a control. I know that, I understand, and that's my job, give them a control. So my first, I'm going to do my call my bread and butter cover, you know, where it's like, okay, give a solid traditional copywriting approach to a cover test that should do well, may not be fantastic, but it should do well. It should give the, um, the client a control. Once I've established that now I'm like, okay, now let's have some fun. Okay. Let's see what we can we do. So I do, I have one control where I'm just like, it's the whole, just try to hit it out of the ballpark. I'm either going to go and hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. There is no middle ground. That cover test you're talking about, it was for a brain package. Um, that was my, you know what, well, let's just go for this. Let's just go with the heck and see what happens with it. Um, and so that's, the, that's intentional. So I tell my client, oh, I don't expect all these covers to work. I, in fact, I don't want them to work. I want something to be so crazy that it's not going to work. So I know how far I can be pushing it. But you always try to have your, your safe, your, your mama got to pay the mortgage cover. And then you go a little bit more, you know, aggressive. And then to the point where you're like, man, let's just go all out and say that whatever you want to say and see what happens, you know, with that one. And by following that is my patterns on my cover test. It's amazing. I get really, you know, great ideas pop up and they're tested and they work. You know, I, 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 years ago I did a cover and this is like nothing new now, but it was back in 2004. And it was a guy sitting on the toilet straining. And the headline just said, can't go, you know, that's, can't, that's it, you know. Um, I mean, that thing caused all kinds of ruckus back in 2004, you know, like, oh, we can't mail this. This is offensive. We can't do this for people, this, whatever. I'm like, you know, I mean, he's just sitting on a toilet. He's not naked, you know, and, you know, he's just straining, uh, but it just says can't go. And so it, that thing, <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing because when the, the clients, I mean, the, the list who let us test it, 
the results were phenomenal. So then other lists who were first saying, no, we're not going to use this one. They started getting on the, on the bandwagon. And so that was working so well. My client owned two companies and he says, Hey, what can you do for my other product? That's similar to this product. I said, I don't have a lot of tests, right? No, no time to write your new package, but let me give you a new cover test for this other product. So I had can't go on the one guy. Then I had another guy saying things squatting mm -mm, and a headline said, want to go, you know, and <laughs> And those two covers were for two different companies, two different products, and they mailed for over four years uh, yeah. with just the cover. But now, then of course, people start imitating it. Now you see people on a toilet, no big deal, you know, whatever, whatever. But that was one of those breakthrough packages that I thought, why not? This is, we, we have a product on people who are constipated. So what do they want? They want to go. That's it. But they can't go. There you go. There's the headline. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. And I love the, the simplicity, um, but in a, in a good way, right? It's just, it's just like, it's very direct. It's like, you're asking me a question. And if you're like, yeah, I want to go. Perfect. Keep reading. Right. There's like, it's there just as easy as that. Um, you are qualified to continue on. Yeah. yeah congratulations. Like, I might have something for you here. Um, that's, that's so cool. So how about, I'm curious about when, um, two questions and you kind of alluded to this, you may kind of already answered it, but as far as like that, the, we talked about the fear. So like, to this, you know, even today, do you still sometimes feel that sort of, oh my God, this is going to bomb. They're all going to think I'm a fraud. I'm, you know, like, do you still ever, I, I know you, 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 how you channel it, but do you still have those thoughts occasionally today when you take on a project? Or are you yeah, I yeah. said every project, every project. Yeah. But now I, I changed my mind. The goal for me is never to get a hundred percent, you know, hundred percent. That's not it. My goal, if I, if I had a client, one of my clients called me this was this year and he says, Hey, you've written five uh, packages for us, direct mail packages, and all five of them have become a control. We've never had a copywriter with that track record. I mean, back to back to back to back to back, you know? And I'm like, I said, oh, okay. And they're like, what? This is great. I'm like, actually, that's not great. You know, that means I'm not doing something right. I'm not pushing mm. myself far enough. I said, I am perfectly happy with 80% success rate. You know, uh, I don't want a hundred percent success rate. I mean, yeah, that sounds great, but and it means I did not push that client outside his cover, you know, comfort zone enough to go. How far is too far? I didn't do him the service of telling him you can go further than you right. think. You know, and so I told him, I said, well, you know what? Let's go back and retest. Let's let me give you some new tests here. I'm gonna go some crazy, crazy tests for you and see what we can do to kind of push it out so that some of them don't work. So I've changed my little attitude of it's okay that stuff doesn't work. I will give a client eight different covers to test. And as long as one of them works, I'm, right. I'm, I'm a star. I'm a star, <laughs> right? It's wonderful. But only one needs to work. So that's okay. So I'm, I'm giving myself permission to say, okay, not everything's going to work. That's all right. Because you learn from your mistakes more than you learn from your successes anyway. So I would go back and go, why didn't that not work? What would I do differently? What would I change? And I would start tweaking it and, and getting it to work. So the fear thing, if, you, if you're not afraid when you write copy, then you're doing something wrong, you know, to me. I think that fear is a good motivation to get you to, you know, off your comfort zone, to get you to think, you know, um, sharper, to try to really come up with something different in the market. Because if not, you'll be putting out the same old stuff. Everybody sees it. Then it becomes like pablum, you know, baby food. Nobody really, you know, <laughs> nobody really cares. Yeah. Except yeah, babies. <laughs> baby, yeah, babies are into it, but yeah. <laughs> Um, no, that's awesome. Yeah. My other question was gonna be about when something doesn't work, but you kind of answered that, um, 
combined. So in just a second. Hold on. Gonna... I, I, when it doesn't work, by the way, don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. I still get upset. I still cry. I still got to go buy my Baskin Robbins um, uh, praline and cream ice cream to comfort me. Uh, I used to call Clayton and go, I suck. I suck. I suck. <laughs> you know, I don't have that anymore. But I mean, I get, I'm mad. I, I'm, I'm upset about it. But like I said, looking at the big picture, it's okay. It's, it's okay when that happens. At least one thing needs to work. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, cool. So we're going to go to questions in two minutes. So I see 14 or so in the Q and A and we're going to get to those in just a minute. It's going to be awesome. Um, one, one, I guess, question that came to mind at, right at the end of what you're saying there is I'd love if you have one, an example of something that you thought was like a brilliant kind of idea that didn't work. And then one that you were kind of like really unsure of, but it actually worked really well. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> well, I had, I had an idea that I thought was brilliant. It was, I was so so convinced that this was going to work that I spoke at AWAI. Uh, I went on stage and I went to tell them about this amazing idea for a package I had. It was for a heart product. And I told them all about the whole story. And I said, and then when I said, at this point, do you want to know if it works or not? And they're like, yeah, yeah, did it work? And I said, okay, I don't know the answer, but guess what? The, the marketing, the vice president of marketing from the company was Healthy Directions at the time. Um, Healthy Directions, she's in the audience right now. I don't know results. So I'm going to have her come up here and give results live, right? And I, I have, a, I, I, can, I can unplug myself. I can show you that cover because I keep it as a memory for me. Um, so I'm telling them, man, the client was calling me up saying, Carlene, we need something new because we have this one package that has been working and working and working and we're trying to beat it. Nothing's able to beat it. We want something completely different. Are you open to that? I'm like, oh, you are talking my language here. Yes, I am. So I come up with this idea of a cartoon approach, you know, for this little kid talking about his grandpa, his mama, his grandparents, how they don't have any energy, but then they found this little red pill. And now, I mean, I did a little cartoon of the of the whole promotion and i'm like oh this is the bomb i'm loving it i mean i'm i'm hiring cartoonists to help me do all this stuff i'm having a great time and i'm like i don't have results yet but guess what the vp of marketing is here and she's going to give you that answer live and then she comes up there and she goes it did not work and i'm like what <laughs> And instinctively, I grab my telephone. I call Clayton. I'm like, I suck. I suck. I suck. <laughs> I was like, what? What, what? what? So then I had to like <clears throat> recoup quickly because I'm giving a speech. I'm at a seminar. I got 400 people watching this thing. And then I was like, well, now you know what copywriting is really like. <laughs> you know, it's like you don't. You don't always win. You can put your heart out in something and it doesn't work and it sucks and I can't stand when that happens. I'm so angry, you know? <laughs> so I had to go with it. I'm like, dang, it didn't work. I mean, I was thinking maybe it'll tie. She said, nope, did not work at all. It's like, oh, man. So yeah, that was not, huh. but I guess, but you know what was nice? I appreciate it. After that session was over, so many people came up to me and said, well, if you can suck, then I can try this stuff now. <laughs> I, can, I feel confident. I feel encouraged. I can do this. I'm like, yep, everybody sucks. I said, no, every, there is no perfect, there's no perfect copywriter. I said, it's just the fact that people don't remember your failures. They remember, if you have more successes than failures, then you're a success. But you could have a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of bombs too. And that's okay. As long as you have successes, then you're the winner. 
That's an yeah, incredible story <laughs> and hilarious. <laughs> I got to show you because I, I have that cover right there. Yeah. I'm going to show you. I'm okay, show you. do it. Oh, I'd love okay, to see it. All right, I'm taking my headphones. Okay, off. we'll be here. Um, this is a great interview. Oh, there you go. Hug. Hold on, put my headphones okay. back on. Put this back on. Yeah. Okay, so look at this. This was the great idea I had how Grammy and Papa got their groove back, right? Love it, and yeah. the whole promotion was all about this little kid, Jeremy, you know, who would tell the story about his grandparents, how they were just so tired. I even, I even made a song about it. Grammy, Papa, you don't have to feel so low. Grammy, Papa, this will make you get up and go. It's the little red pill to fix your ill. With this magic red pill, you know it will. I'm like... <laughs> So anyways, like I put my heart and soul into this thing and it did not work. So I saved this as a reminder to say, you know what, what, was, what happened? It didn't work. I cried after that. Guess what? Life went on. I got more jobs and it was okay. hundred so. percent. That's awesome. I, I do love it too. I mean, it is super, super outside the box. And that's one thing I would, I would, you know, really uh, say that I admire about you, Carlene, is this from the copy I've seen that you, that you write and, and what you've talked about today. It's like you love to take risks and take big swings and um, to, to, which again is how you get these incredible home runs. Right. It really is from those unique uh, kind of like taking shots. So absolutely. That's fantastic. Uh, cool. So let's go ahead and answer questions. The way this will work, Carlene, is Ed will uh, go through the chat and or the FAQs and um, kind of give us like the, the broad summary. Then we'll actually let the person asking the question on unmute themselves. They'll be able to ask the question for us, kind of like radio show format. And then we'll answer. Probably a lot of them are going to be for you. So I get to just sort of sit back and listen to your <laughs> genius. Uh, but Eddie, ready to, to jump in here? Yes, sir. First awesome. up, we have Lutfi. I mean, it's a very straightforward question. I don't know if it's Lutfi. Why don't you just come out here and ask your question? <laughs> A lot of energy after Carlene. It's a good contrast with Carlene's energy. And it's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, Luffy. <laughs> hey, Carlene. Hey, Stefan here. Hey. What's up? Yo, yeah. So the question is like, any tips on writing fascinations besides Clayton's 21 Bullet Secrets? So do you have like your own process for writing yes. fascinations? Yes. So fascinations are also called bullets. Just in case you make sure. So bullets. Bullets are great. Bullets help you keep momentum in your copy. So it's really important to know how to write them so that you place them in the right place so that you can just keep that copy moving. So when I write fascinations or bullets, my little plan, my little step is the first sentence is my mini headline. So that needs to be a killer headline. Okay. So you do that. And then the second sentence is the supporting, you know, so if you make a ridiculous claim you got to support it you know how to you know how to lose um 10 pounds by sneezing you know and then you just in the it says you know noted uh ear no, ent doctor reveals you know little known secret or something you know you know or university of, of berkeley doctor reveals little known secret. you know you want to make with the credibility on that second sentence to support some kind of crazy claim you may make so when i write my fascinations i try to make sure i make i vary them up okay don't make the same don't write the same you know, crazy fascination every single time. So one may be a, an outlandish claim. One may be a question. Um, one may be, you know, do you know the best time to pee in the morning? And I don't know. I mean, it's making stuff up, you know, but it's sort of, at, you know, you change it up to keep a nice rhythm with it. And you kind of group them together, groups of, you know, odd numbers, five or seven, you know, three, five, seven. 
So you put like a different type of a fascination, a, a, an intriguing one, a question one, a shocking one, support it with a very strong sentence. You know, the second sentence has to support it very well. And then do a series about those in odd numbers and then go write your copy and then go back to fascinations again. So I, when I do that, it gives the, it gives the copy a lot of nice um, rhythm and it keeps the energy up on your, in your copy. So, you know, people aren't reading just blocks and blocks of, you know, of paragraphs. They have different things to, to vary. Does that help? Yep, yep. Um, so just wondering, do you, is, do you think of like a specific psychology for certain fascinations? Like for this um, um, group of fascinations, maybe it's more about teasing something about the offer, or is it about creating more curiosity? or it's just more of just writing out a lot of fascinations and choosing what you think might work? The answer to that is yes. <laughs> yes to everything you said. It is a combination. I will spend day, a day or two just doing nothing but writing fascinations, depending on what, I'm, what the project I'm working on. Um, people who are great with fascination companies are like Boardroom, Rodell, Frank K. Wood and Associates. I mean, they, their, their business, when I was working with them, their business was based on amazing fascinations. I mean, you know, and in fact, it was a formula that I would write. If I was writing a package for any of those companies, it would be, you know, one or two paragraphs, five bullets, five fascinations, two more paragraphs, seven fascinations, three more paragraphs, five, pa you know, I would, that, that was it. That was the format all the way to the end was just knock out, knock it out with really great um, fascinations. And while I'm doing those, like I said, I'll spend a day just writing all different types, you know, like I said, scientific versions, crazy ideas, questions, um, and get anything I could do. I'll write, I'll have a hundred or even more of my fascinations. And then I have them on that file. So when I'm writing my copy, I can say, Oh, this could work here. I can pull it. Now, What's great about a fascination when you're working on it like that is a lot of times you can take that bullet and it could become a subhead. It could become a headline for you. you could, I found many of my headlines from writing my fascinations going, oh man, this is, if I tighten this up a little bit more, if I add this to it, I got a cool you know, headline I can test. So they are very important to know how to write them. And it's important to know how to use them in the copy. And again, just they call bullets because like boom, 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 boom. They're trying to get, you know, get that copy going. So get with the rhythm. If you don't get what I'm saying when I say rhythm in your copy, turn some music on when you're writing, some really upbeat music when you're writing and go with that flow of that music and then write your copy to that flow. And that's going to help you kind of get the feel what I mean about put some rhythm into your copy. Um, you know, I deal with, oh, you know, 50 plus year old white male, they got no rhythm. So I got to help them out, you know, so with the copy. <laughs> so this is what you want to do when you're writing and you'll find it brings energy into your copy. It stops you from writing lunk, you know, clunky, funky, long paragraphs. It gets you in the mood to get it going. So that's what you do with bullets and fascinations to make it work for you. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. That was really helpful. You're welcome. That's yeah, that's awesome, Carly. I know I, I I saw that that Screaming Eagle newsletter thing with the twenty one fascination types, um, and I remember I had a people who were kind of mentoring me at the time were like, hey, like basically read this and then write something for each type. They want me to do like twenty plus bullets um, for each of the twenty one types for like a product I was doing. And I remember being really disgruntled about it because it's really I'm like, ah, oh, this is so much. Um, right, and then by the time time I was done, I just wanted to do more because I was like. Like, a, this is super fun, right? So mm -hmm. I think they're the most fun part of writing copy, honestly, probably, because you're mm -hmm. just getting curiosity, intrigue, weirdness. Like, it, it's mm -hmm. so inventive. They're so punchy. 
Uh, and then I think I've, I've long said besides my RMBC method, which is a game changer for me, but um, fascinations, like studying those and getting good at those was probably the biggest um, kind of breakthrough I had in copywriting. Cause just, you know, God, if you have good fascinations, you can be forgiven of so many other sins. Absolutely. Right? Um, Absolutely. Uh, and because most, re- most people aren't readers, they're skimmers. Right. And right. so you got the fascinations there. All you have to do is catch one thing that one fascination gets with the, you know, addresses what their problem is. And that, that's all you would need to sell the whole product. Just one fascination will sell it for you. 100%. Yeah, I love that. Um, and for the, the writers on here who do like VSLs and things like that today and, and like sales letters, like digital, uh, one thing I really talk about is putting some fascinations at the end of your lead every time because you have your big idea, you have your headline, you have all that. But the cool thing about if you, towards the end, if you kind of put, plus you also discover, you know, why a weird X, Y, Z discovered in the mm-hmm. rainforest could be the secret to this, or, you know, why the one thing you should never do if you have high blood pressure hint, like mm-hmm. if you think aspirin is a good idea, like whatever, but putting in some of those, it's like, um, if you've got your big hook at the beginning, then I, I like a fishing analogy and you're in like a river, then there's a bunch of little smaller hooks. So it's like, even yeah. if your prospects are fish and they swim by your big hook, they might see one of the other little hooks and they, you know, nibble one of those and it keeps them, it pulls them in. So they keep going down the promo. So yep. just add, add them on your, add them on your covers. If you're, if you're doing copy, direct mail copy, or um, if you're doing no, even on, on, on landing pages, you know, add them on your, on your, you know, and early on the copy and really try to grab people's attention, put them all over. I have them. Like I said, the bullets, even on this one, it didn't work. I have bullets going on down here. Yeah, you know, Carly, hey, one second. The sound got really weird. It got really, um, it got gargled on your microphone. Maybe. Uh-oh, is that yeah. me? Hold on, is that better? Uh, it's making a weird stacky thing when you talk. Let's see. It's like Hold the on. matrix. Oh, maybe better. Talk a little more here. Mm. Uh-oh, did you hear me? No, no, yeah, I can hear you now. There we go. No, it's good. Is it better? Yes. I think I, I shouldn't have taken it off. I got all excited about <laughs> taking the thing off and I messed everything up. So no, it's okay. That. We're back. <laughs> um awesome okay cool ed who, who do we have next next up we have keisha she has a really great question about uh being a stay-at-home mom nice hey keisha hello 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 keisha. how are you doing good good, thanks. good. hey uh carly and i'm just uh curious i kind of resonate with your story when you first started out into copywriting. Um, also a stay at home mom myself. And I was just wondering, do you have any, just any kind of tips or strategies that helped you out um, to kind of balance the two uh, when you were first getting going? How old are your kids? Um, I have an 11 year old and a five month year old. Oh, <laughs> that's a big gap. Okay. My <laughs> advice um, to you is what will work for me as a stay at home mom is you have to find out what is your valuable time? What is your money time? And you have to guard it like nothing else. Okay. Like my money time for me is in the morning, 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. is my money time. That's when I need to be writing copy so that I can make, if I can work those three hours, I don't have to work the rest of the day. I've done it. So you have your 11 year old would get it. The five month old, maybe not so much. Um, But you have to be able to literally say, mom is at work and nobody comes and bothers mom when she's at work. In fact, I had, a, I told my kids, I had a sign on my door when they were younger. It would be, do not bother me unless you are bleeding. And then later on, I got older. I said, from the eye. Okay. Because, you know, that's how important it was because when I come down to work, it's like, I've gone out the office. I'm not available. 
because I know me, I'm the mom. I hear, if I go upstairs to see what's going on, why they're fighting, what they're doing, whatever, next thing you know, I'm there for an hour or two, my day's gone, you know? Right. So mm -hmm. when you're at work, you need to treat it like, hey, I need to take these three or four hours to do my business so that I can then spend the rest of the day and hang out with my family. Okay. You know? So really got it. You have to, treat, you know, my, my husband wouldn't even come down in my office. He would call me to say, hey, can you talk? Or you want to take a break or whatever? Nobody comes down. Let me do my thing. And then when I come upstairs, it's over. And mommy's home and it changes. So if you can do that, you know, protect that money time, whatever it is for you. Some, you know, my daughter's a writer also, but she, uh, Milan works, she has four, four boys, you know, and she works late at night because that's her money time. So when the kids are sleeping, she works those hours and she, then she's, you know, she goes to sleep and then her husband takes care of the morning shift because she needs to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying is you got to figure out what works for you and then, you know, try to really guard it as much as you can. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Yeah, that was awesome. Caroline. I really feel like you're like my sister from another mister because like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm the exact, that's, I literally have the exact same money time that you have, like from five to eight. And then it's mm -hmm. like, um, magical, you know? And like, to your point, it's a crazy what you can get done in a couple hours of just deep uninterrupted work. Yep. Uh, and then you're so calm for the rest of the day. Like yep. yesterday I went swimming with my daughter at like three and we swam for like two hours and did all, and I think no guilt or anxiety at all. Cause it's like, I already got my needle moving yeah. stuff done. Right. Yep. Um, hey, I just want to awesome. say to Shodan, uh, yes, this works for stay at home dads too. <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, I'm speaking as a mom, but it absolutely does work for stay at home dads. Protect that money time. Awesome. Cool. And who, who we got next? You got a question here from Krista about finding good examples for sales letters. That's the, what's the question? Wait, she's coming in. She's coming in. <laughs> she, she, she's oh, going to ask the question. I have Ed. Like, I, I give like out. a brief summary. Oh, yeah, I see. Ed, I'm like, that's not a whole... question, Ed. No. <laughs> <laughs> Am I he used to you? read okay. it all. Yeah. Hey, Krista. Hey, Krista. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm working through my first uh, long form TSL, and um, it's for a combination like physical and info product for parents, um, basically to help their kids with oral hygiene habits. Um, and so, I've, you know, I've done the form searches. I get, I get the pain points. I've talked to lots of parents because I don't have kids of my own. Um, but really finding just one or two letters that, that has worked in this area um, has been really challenging. So I'm maybe thinking maybe there's an area I haven't thought of to look for um, in, in similar, uh, with similar flow or ideas. Yep. What you're doing is you're being too narrow-minded. You need to open up. And what I mean by that is you need to look at all kinds of copy that's out there and steal from them to make it work for what you're doing. You know, find a great headline that works from someplace else and you say, how can I make it applicable to what I'm doing right now? Now, I don't know if I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I told you this, but in my book, I'm plugging my book, but in my book, I give away $950 worth of my swipe file, okay? So you pay 10 bucks for the book on Kindle or 20 bucks for the book, you know, hard copy of the book, you're going to get $950 of a swipe file. This means you're going to get about 17 different promotions that have, that all have worked. Okay. And let me tell you how I got those ideas. It wasn't, I mean, even though they're for the health market, a lot of those ideas didn't come from the health market. 
I went around and I looked at different, um, you know, sectors and say, what's working in that sector? In fact, when we talked, Stefan, when you um, and uh, Justin were talking, I listened in on your session and Justin, I think, was talking about what was working really well in the um, relationship market where it's sort of how to get your husband to do something without him even knowing it. It was that concept of a headline that was, he was talking about. And I was working on a product at the time. I was like, hey, I'm going to try that idea on my health people, mm. you know? Right. And I did, you know? So I'm just saying that that was a relationship market, nothing to do with what I was doing, but I take that same concept and say, how can I make it work for what I'm doing? So do the same thing. First of all, if you don't have my book, get it, <laughs> then go through those 17. Okay. You have it? Yes. I'm going to go through that. I am going to, um, I'm sorry. The swipe out. Go to the right last. To do that. <laughs> if you got, go to the last chapter, make sure you download that swipe, swipe file and look at all the headlines that I've given you. I've given you 17 headlines. Now just say this. How do I take that headline and make it work with what I'm doing? Right. And just play with that. I'm telling you, gold will come out of this, you know, because you'll go, oh, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. You know? And so if you do something like that, you're going to think outside the box. You know, you're going to come up with something, you, you know, this formula works already. Now, how do you make it work for your particular niche? Try that. Right. Yeah. That's very helpful. Thank you so much. That's perfect. You're welcome. Thanks. Awesome. Love that advice. So good. Carly, I knew, I knew you'd just be bringing the, bringing the fire, the hot, <laughs> hot fire flames. And, and you certainly are. Um, well, Michael, I saw you put a question uh, in, in the chat, I'll put in the Q and a Michael Sainville, we're going to, we're going to do it in there. Um, and then also make sure everyone that your chats on all panelists and attendees. And with that being said, Ed Ray, who do we have next? Excellent. We have uh, Mr. Marcus Sortias asking about the difference between copywriting for direct mail and online. Hmm, nice. What's up, Marcus? The difference between oh, that's hey, what I'm sorry. what's You're up? up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my uh, my question was, uh, what are some of the differences between copywriting for direct mail versus online? And specifically for direct mail, I had a question about megalogs, those magazine-style sales pieces, and I've noticed that they have a lot more sidebars and like call-out boxes. So my question for that was, do you write the main copy and write those sidebars as you go along? Or do you write the main copy first and then go back later and write all of the sidebars? So that was my okay. question. So that's two questions. First question, question. <laughs> is, um, to me, there's no difference between writing direct response copy or writing landing page copy or writing even VSL, honestly. You're writing copy to connect with your reader, however that is. You might be a little nuances that go along with it, but ultimately is, Great story, connects with your reader, makes the sale. So if you can do that, whether it's direct response, whether it's, um, you know, I'm sorry, whether it's direct mail or whether it's on landing page or, you know, whatever, LVSL, it's all the same. Sales copy. What I, I thought was really interesting when I attended um, Copy Accelerator was I felt like, I said, dang, I feel like a dinosaur here. There's a bunch of little kids. They're like 20 years old, you know, who are doing, you know, killer stuff. I feel like, ah, I'm just so ancient. And then they were using all this terminology that I never even heard of before, you know? And it's like, who's your what is oh i can't think of the name of what it was i'll think of it but anyway so like all this terminology and i started realizing oh this is the same they're just using different words for the same stuff you know just like before people say oh direct mail is dead because the internet's here that's a bunch of junk it's still doing great it's still sales copy you know it's still you know what was the word that you use with somebody who is the owner of a product who's the oh. um 
what's that word that was used? I'm like, oh, anyway, I couldn't think of it. It was some word like you kept using offer, offer owner. Yeah, offer owner, yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm the offer owner. I'm the offer owner. I'm like, oh, so you're the client? Gotcha. <laughs> you know, I'm like, so I just, had, once I was able to switch the words to me, to, for me to understand what, what, you know, it means for my space, I'm like, I get it. But nothing has changed. It is always about sales copy, however you want to call it, however you want to do it, you know, put it in a VSL formula. Great. Put a direct response. Great. Put it online, whatever. It's all still about connecting with your reader and being able to make the sale that way. So your second part of your question, uh, Magalogs, uh, I've got a, I've got a special report on my website. It's called how to write um, Magalogs, tabloids, and other big promos like that. I have that if you want to get that on there, it's on my website. But to answer your question, you know, short, a Magalog tabloid, whatever, again, it's all still the same thing. It's still a sales letter that's just running through a whole lot more. So I, I write my, get my main sales letter. Usually I'll do the sales letter first, but that's not always the case. I may have a great idea for a sidebar and I'll just write it and put it on the side, you know, for it. But it's the letter and then you break up the letter by dropping in sidebars, which probably started off as fascinations that were like, oh, this is really good. I can add some meat to this and make it a sidebar. So it's the same thing. It's just, you're writing your letter and I'm, it's just, it's the delivery method, whether the designer really takes care of that part. Is it delivered as a Magalog or is it delivered as a VSL? It doesn't matter. You know, you still got to write a strong, compelling copy. And then I, I will either write it before or after. It doesn't matter to me. You know, I, I can write backwards. I can start with my order form and then get to the point where I finally get the headline or I might start with the big headline and then jump into my sidebars or my premiums or whatever. I, I don't follow any kind of order. I follow where my, where I feel excited about in the copy. Cool. Does that, that help you, you, Marcus? Yeah, that was really helpful, especially that how a sidebar could have started off as a bullet, but maybe oh, yeah. you're like, wow, this is a really good bullet. So then expand it into a sidebar. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Carly, and I do have good news for you. I told you that the record for RSVPs was um, 195 from Krista Dodd. I just checked right now, and we're at, we had 216. So you're the new Woo-hoo! record holder for most people Thank uh, you, registering everybody. for a Billion episode. Thank you. <laughs> Be Brian Kurtz, too. A bunch of, a bunch of good people. I've yeah. been kicking Brian Kurtz's butt lately. <laughs> I love you, Brian. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. Thank you, everyone. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm getting a lot of good stuff out of this. Well deserved. This is, this is amazing. Um, cool. Ed, uh, Carly, you're doing good. We usually have about, about half an hour, 25 minutes, half an hour left. You got, you got it. The energy, you're feeling good? We're good. We're good. All right. I'm good. All right. I can talk about this all day. I know you can, which is awesome. <laughs> um, Ed, go ahead, man. All right, next up, question here from Conrad about starting over from scratch. Nice. What's up, Conrad? Hey, good morning, guys. Afternoon. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Hey, all right. Carlene, Carlene is one of my favorite uh, copywriters, not just for her copywriting stuff, but just as a person. So it is, um, uh, I'm glad to be able to, uh, to ask the question. So, yeah, so if you were starting over from, from scratch, with no skills, no connections, um, just what would be your top three daily priorities or top one or top five or whatever number you uh, <laughs> would um, okay. suggest? Well, if I, if I was starting today from scratch or if I was starting back in the day from scratch? Oh. Big difference. October, 2020, yes. Okay. You know, I think right now, anyone who wants to get into copywriting has such a great, has a tremendous advantage 
than when I started off, you know, when I was starting off back then, there was no, there were no copywriting courses. There were no, you weren't being trained. I mean, you got, you got in there and you, if there was a copywriter that you, that was there that you learned from that copywriter, it's as simple as that. It was no schooling forever. So I would definitely, first of all, tie in to people, you know, who are kicking butt. I mean, like, so with Stefan and Justin, you know, they have all kinds of really cool things. I would be on their list immediately to find out how, because I want people who are going to get me jobs. Okay. Not only do I want a skill, I need to get a job, you know, from it. So I will be looking for, you know, for groups like that who are saying we can help you get the skill and we can help you get a job with it. And I saw how they did that at their copy accelerator um, seminar. That was mind blowing right there. That was just awesome. So I would definitely be able to, I would network a whole lot more than I ever could have back in the day. Um, because it, uh, it, ex you know, it exists. Um, you, you really can do it. Um, I really love the AWAI programs um, because they have stuff for copywriters also. They have training. Uh, so get that training that you need, but do not feel like you have to have so much training before you actually start writing copy. Um, that is just not true. You know, you, you have to learn the basics of copywriting. That is absolutely true. Um, but you know, people, I hear people saying, okay, I'm going to take one more course. And when I, when I take this course, then I'll be ready. Then I'm taking one more course and they keep taking, they're like professional students. And I, but you haven't written anything. You're not going to be a better writer until you write stuff and people tear it apart. And then you write it again and they tear it apart. And then you keep writing it until it gets better and better. And you test it and you see how it does in the market. I look at stuff that I wrote 20 years ago and I cringe. I mean, this is stuff that was a control 20 years ago. And I look at it today going, oh, that sucked. Oh my gosh, that's terrible, terrible copy. But it wasn't terrible copy. I'm just a better writer now. You know? it, was, it did its job back then. So same thing, get started, get a, find, a, find a, a job. Somebody's gonna pay you 50 bucks, 500 bucks, $1,000, whatever you can get to get that first you know, chance to write some copy, have it tested, see how it does, make it better. And you just get another one to keep going. It's just one after another. That's how it works. But you got to get started on there. So I would definitely network. Number one, uh, I would do that. I would not be afraid to start just writing my copy and getting it tested and seeing what happens with it. And I'll probably pray a whole lot more, you know, <laughs> because it can be scary. You know, it'll be, you know, scary to be out there. But if you, if you, don't, if you don't believe in yourself, then nobody's going to believe in you. Um, so, and you got to remember as, you know, if you're a freelancer, your number one client is you, you know, so you better believe in what you're doing. You better have that fake it till you make it attitude. You know, when I, when I got my first control, now that's a long story, how I got that another, another day, when I finally got that first control, then I had a story I could take it to other people and they would say, well, send me your samples, plural. And I would just say, Hey, Hey, I know you're really busy. So let me just send you my most recent sample. <laughs> it was my only sample but it was the most recent to me, you know? And so I would do that. So you have to find ways to say stuff, not lie, but to say things that will help you be seen in the light that you want to come off as, you know? And again, like I said, it's not all going to work. It's okay. The best copywriters bomb too. It is not a problem. So just get out there and try it. Awesome. Does that help you Conrad? Yep. Yep. Definitely. Fantastic. Cool. Yeah, I love that. And thank um, you for the compliment, Conrad. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you. by the way, I've, sorry, Conrad, I didn't mean to speak over you, Conrad. But cool. All right, so I've been putting the link to Carlene's book in the Zoom chat here as well. We'll also have it in um, 
the YouTube show notes and stuff like that and, and iTunes. But yeah, if you haven't gotten Carlene's book, I think some people in the chat have been like, I think bought it while we've been here doing this, but um, <laughs> I don't know what is this, what, $20 on your website, something like that? It's all, you can go to Amazon, you can go to Barnes and Noble, you can go to my, my website, it's all the same price. Yeah. So it's all, whatever's easier for you. But it's, it's like 20 bucks, right? Yep, it's 20 bucks for the, heart, for the paperback and 10 bucks for Kindle, Nine ninety nine for Kindle. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is a no-brainer. I mean, you get all the, the, the swipes and the bonuses and stuff like that, but also yeah. it's just um, like it's... it's That's it's, a fun yeah. book. Okay, you, if you want to know, I tell people all the time, they say, oh, I want to, you write this crazy kind of copy. Well, if you want to know how crazy started, that's where the book will come in. You will see some stories that happened in my childhood that will let you know where that's where that crazy started. And it will show you how, you know, it's, it's meant to really empower. Like I said, the goal is it's a, it's, it's letting people, I, I'm, I'm like, okay, this is a market here that has been hidden to the majority of people. It has been a, like a little old white male club because all the copywriters I knew were white males. They were always white males, right? So it's like a little club that was passed on from one person to the other. And I'm trying to say, uh-uh, let's blow this thing out the water because women can write copy, you know, ethnic women and ethnic men can write copy, you know, so it should not be just limited to just that little segment right there. So I want people to know about copywriting, want to know how I did it, what I did, how, what they can do. And they can make a decent living from this and it could be fun. So I just, that's kind of like, you got to know about this. You got to know about it. You got to know how to do it. And here's my crazy story of how I got into it. And here's some stuff to help you. Here's a, almost a thousand dollars worth of gifts to get you going. So what are you waiting for? I would love to have mm -hmm. all 200 people buy my book. If you've already bought it, buy it for a friend. That would be a cool that would be amazing uh, to say, yep, that was, that's what happened. But anyway, I, I, I stand behind it. It's an awesome book. Yeah, it is. And I do love that message. I mean, one thing I do love is with um, kind of today, like with, with Facebook groups and, and things being kind of more social networks and stuff like that. Like I do love how much more democratized kind of drive response copy and freelancing has become. Because uh, I, I to even Ed Ray put in the chat, he's like, women are better than men at writing copy. And I don't, I'm not gonna make like a definitive statement on that. But I can tell you, even when I was hiring copy cubs back in the day for different ventures and things I was doing, I would hire a ton of women. And my wife at the time, we weren't in such a good place for security. So she'd be like, why are you just always hiring like, these like women, like, you know, and I was like, Laura, like, it's, it's like, it's not like I'm trying to surround myself with like women. It's just that like, <laughs> their samples are better. Cause I was hiring from scratch too. Like, so just mm -hmm. like they're innately better writers. There's more emotion. There's more empathy. Like they're what they're, you know, and then she got it pretty quickly. Cause I'd show her, I'd be like, look here, I'm like, I, did, I did like a blind test from like, mm -hmm. here's like, you know, five pieces of copy. Tell me which ones you like the most. And then it was like, Hey, guess what? The three you like the most were all written by women. Um, but I think traditionally, you know, it just like in, in many fields there, it was like a man's world and, you know, in some ways it still certainly is, but I do think with given where we're at with, um, kind of the internet and, and different kind of communities have sprung up and things like that. It's just a time where, um, uh, and plus when people take the advice from your book and the wisdom from your book and, and the inputs and, and apply that and, and, and sort of take advantage of what's happening today, I think we'll see a way more diverse playing field and which I think is, you know, a, a beautiful thing. Um, so mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really just inspiring. Well, I, I say copywriting is blind. Right. Okay. You know, so it doesn't matter really if you're a woman, if you're a man, if you just gotta learn how to write good copy. And I do kind of believe women have a little bit of an edge over that, but we didn't know about this whole industry. Right. You know, we didn't know about it. It was like, oh, it's a man's industry. You know, I mean, I had a hard time getting. I had written. I had been a um, a copywriter for five years before Boardroom gave me a chance 
to write copy. I mean, five years as a copywriter yeah. before they gave me, they were, had predominantly all male copywriters, uh, you know, there. So Kim Krause Schwamm was one of the writers who, who broke into the boardroom. I broke, I broke into boardroom, but it took us, you know, years of being established copywriters before we would get the shot because it was this whole old boys network kind of thing. So I get it, but it's time to change. It's yeah. like, no, this is not acceptable. It is not acceptable. It is not necessary. So like I said, copywriting is blind. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter, you know, what your, your financial status is. None of that matters. Write good copy. Yeah. You know, when you do that, uh, Clayton Makepeace wrote the best um, launch for a women's health letter I had ever read in my entire life. And he, I can tell you for a fact, he did not have one day where he experienced a hot flash. So, but he knew how to relate to women, you know, Bill Hebden, a 50 plus year old white guy held the control for Essence magazine, the, the magazine for today's black woman. He had that control for decades. He would write copy after copy and beating anybody who was trying to come after him. And he would joke and tell me, Carlene, I, I'm more of today's black woman than you are, you know? And I'm like, you sure are because you are kicking butt, dude. You know? So again, it doesn't matter. It's sort of know who you're writing to and get to them and, you know, get a conversation going that they can say, oh, you know me, you know me. And that will make the sale for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, cool. Let's do more questions. Ed. Okay. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Next up, Mr. Isaac asking about uh, how to get to the next level of your copy. What's up, Isaac? How are you? Hey, guys. Good to be back. Good to have you. So, yeah, don't know uh, how much more context you want, to, want me to give you. Uh, you know, I'm open to whatever. Well, I mean, where are you, where are you now and, and where are you hoping to go? I think that would be helpful. Right. Okay, yeah. So then uh, a few months ago, I didn't have any clients. Then I got one. Now I have uh, a second client who has set me up with a potential third and my second client is actually also my copy coach. She's a lot better at writing copy than me. And basically, uh, I can get a lot more work from him once my work is at the level it needs to be. And he's giving me a lot of great feedback, a lot of great points. But the thing is, is that where I am as a copywriter, even when I want to apply those sometimes, I just like, I'll, I'll shoot and then I'll miss. And I get that's part of the process. but I'm trying to kind of shorten that process of me getting better so that he doesn't need to keep pointing out the same thing over and over again. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Well, it's definitely irritating for a copy chief to keep pointing out the same thing over and over again. I would hit you in the head and say, what's your problem? I told you this already, fix it. So your copy chief needs to find new problems in your copy. And by finding new problems in your copy, he's going to strengthen your copy for you. So stop making the same stupid mistakes that's making him go back and tell you the same stupid stuff. You know, so stop. That's, that's on you right there. Stop that. You need to go ahead and push yourself. You said, you, you know, you're holding back on things. What are you holding back on? You know, if you've got an idea, go for it. You know, go full throttle with it. You, if you have a copy chief who's willing to look at your copy, even at this point, great. Take advantage of it. You know, definitely. That's how you're going to grow. Um, is by exercising the copywriting, you know, muscle that you have. And you got to do that by, t by trying different things. So like I had said earlier, look at a headline from another industry and say, let me take this headline idea and put it in my industry. And let me write copy that goes with that headline. That will take you out of your comfort zone. You know, look at what else is working 
you know, and if you watch an ad in the paper, you know, a paper, watch an ad on TV or you see an ad in the paper or something, what caught your eye and what can you do and take that idea and push yourself out of your natural zone? You seem to, you, you sound a little comfortable. If you were my copy cub, I would be beating you upside the head with different, I, I'm telling you, I would say, nope, I don't want that. Oh, I don't want you to give me any kind of a, uh, an intrigue headline. I want you to give me a headline about this. I will give you something I know you don't do. Uh, normally to make you do it. So you're going to have to force yourself to say, okay, this is where I'm comfortable, where I'm writing, I'm comfortable here, but you're not going to grow. You know, you're going to stay in that. You're going to be comfortable here. You're going to have to push yourself to say, what else could I say? Pick a project that you don't, you're not very comfortable with, a product you're not comfortable with. So you have to learn about it and then push yourself that way. That's all I can tell you is no, there's no like magic pill that says, oh, you can shortcut it by going X, Y, Z. No, you got to keep writing copy and you got to keep writing copy and getting a critique and getting a crap, you know, trashed for you and then go back and fix it and see it works. And, and you keep going that way. Right. Yeah. I mean, what I find is that even when I do try to do it, like I end up messing it up. I mean, I'm not trying to hold back in any way. It's like he's saying to do it this way. And like, I know how to do multiplication and I have to do a square root. So I'm like, I'm trying to figure it out, but I see what you mean, like going beyond what I'm used to so that I can figure out what that actually yeah. is rather than just trying right. to, okay. And define, define messing up. What are you saying, messing up? So like, for example, uh, there's one particular set of uh, emails, for example, that I'm writing. And it's to, to, for me, it feels like the, the audience that it's going to is directing it to something that doesn't really line up from where they're starting. And, but I'm still supposed to be writing the email for it. So I already feel disconnected where that is. And so what I've noticed is that I'm, I'm trying to connect them and it just, it doesn't work. Okay. It sounds like you're forcing, you're forcing something that shouldn't be there. So you need to find out what does your audience want and give it to them. Don't decide I'm going to give this to my audience and sort of force feed them because then you're not going to have, it's not going to work. But what, you know, go back to your research part. Who is my core audience? What are, the, what are the pain points that they're, you know, experiencing? What did they get up this morning, you know, wanting to get rid of or relieve, whatever the case may be? Go back to that basic of what do they want and now write your copy based on that. And you, you're writing copy to hope that you will convince your reader to do whatever it is you want. That's not right. Don't do that. Find out what your reader wants. Treat your reader, treat your prospect like a spoiled child, spoiled two-year-old, and just give him whatever he wants. You know, just give it to him, you know? And if you do that, you'll get the sale. Love it. Isaac, is that, is that helpful? Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it so much. I'm trying not to give you any noise pollution on my end. That's the only reason I was a little quiet. Okay, <laughs> sure. yeah. Gotcha. Got really appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Cool. Carly, they're in the chat. They're calling you the the Gordon Ramsay of copy because you're like, <laughs> no. You know, I want to say how you're you're sweet and nice, but then you know you uh you can bring oh, the yeah. tough love, and then who was it? Well, because like, the goal the goal is we want to get you a winner. We want your copy to work. We want the client to be successful. And I always tell people, you know, I I hate the copy. I don't hate you. You know, so it's like we start off saying, "There's not. I'm going to go through your copy. There is." No emotion about you alone. You're a great person. We can hang out together all you want to. But when we start, look at the copy. I'm going to focus on this copy. I'm going to give you the crits that will make the copy better. I don't have time to coddle you and hold your hand. Go, go, go to your mother, you know, for that. You need a copy chief to help you get your copy going. 
And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look for the holes. So I may go, I may, you may have done 20 things wonderfully in that copy, but I'm going to nail that one thing that you messed up on. I'm not going to go, oh, this is great. This is terrific. This is terrific. I don't like, no, I don't have time. That, it should be good. You're at that point. It should be good, doggone it. But here's where you messed up. You lost me here. Go fix this. Go do this. Give me three more bullets here. Give me that here. Whatever. Take me to this level. If I do that and you follow it, you'll see your copy get stronger. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, that's like Tim said, this headline is raw. And the Gordon Ramsay <laughs> quotes, imagine you throwing the headline across the room. <laughs> 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 oh, um, and so, you know, I think we can, we can probably squeeze in three to four more or we'll see how many but um, who do we got next we, next up we have Suzanne about uh, using Carlene's two to three clients a year tip as a beginner cool let's get her on the hey Suzanne how are you doing I'm doing well how about you doing awesome thank you so um, thank you so much for doing this call, by the way, Stefan. Um, and Carly, thank you for being here. Um, my question is, how can a beginning copywriter use your tip about working with um, only two to three clients a year? Is it possible to specialize early on? And if so, how? <laughs> well, it's going to be easy as a beginning copywriter to follow my tips of two to three clients because you probably don't have more than two to three <laughs> clients. <laughs> so you can say, I'm going to focus on one client <laughs> uh, because that's all you got. So you, my goal is, you know, when you have a client, you don't always have to go looking for another client. When you have that one client, you can build a relationship with that client so that he gives you more projects to work on you know you're not necessarily looking for more clients you're looking for more work right so that one client you do a good job for that one client you say hey how can I help you with something else or hey while I was working on this I realized you need some help here so take a look at what I've done you know so as a copywriter if you if you can position yourself from the beginning almost as a as a consultant and a copywriter you know, you're bringing, you're bringing something way better to the table than a regular copywriter. So you're going to say, yeah, I'm going to write the copy for you, but I also see that you need some help here. So take a look at what a draft of something that I did, you know, to help you with that. A lot of times the client would go, oh, okay, you know, that's cool. You know, let me work on that for you. Okay, well, you know what? I will keep the same price. Let's go all that way and just keep it moving that way. Um, and so if you have one client, it's a good client, stay with that client and grow that client. I had a client that started off from scratch. Um, he was, you know, I helped him launch a business. And 16 years later, I'm still working with him. He's a big, you know, mailer. When we started off, he had one product. He needed some help getting a copy going. I liked his style. I liked his vibe. We got along great. He would pay me. What he, you know, he would pay me. It wasn't as much, but he would pay me. Um, and, but as he, got, as he got better and got, you know, wealthier, so did I. Because my prices went up accordingly. So that reminds me of one other lesson that kind of ties into this. When new writers, remember your first clients, you know, they're lear you're learning, they're learning with you too. But when you get better, you may outgrow that client. So don't try to hold on to that first client unless that client is growing and paying you accordingly. So for example, you may charge $500 to do a sales piece for, for that client and you've been doing it and you're doing, you're pretty good at it. Now you need to raise your price. Well, if that client can't handle the next price, the, the price, you know, $1,000, $1,500, then you got to get rid of that client and get somebody else who's going to pay that price because you can't, don't stick with that $500 client because you, your income is going to stay low. So 
So as you get better, you got to raise your prices. And with women, this is very difficult. I see it. I know I understand, but women especially tend to say, well, you know what? They're struggling right now. Or, oh, he said he'll give me some flowers. Oh, 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 he'll, you know, whatever. I mean, no, it's money. This is your time. So as you're getting better, when you've done that first job for that client, you charge $500 and it worked for him. Great. You know, well, you know what? He's making more money. You should too. So the next time, look, my price is going to go up. It's going to be this amount now. You know, increase it with your successes and don't, you got, sometimes you got to fire the, um, the, the, the early clients so that you can make room for the new clients who can afford to pay you more. I loved working with some of my clients, but it got to one point where I'm like, okay, I could love working with them and make less money, or I can start to love another client and make a whole lot more money. With <laughs> you know, so I start to love the other ones and it works. Awesome. Cool. Was that, was that helpful? Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was. You're welcome. By the way, is it, is it Susan or Suzanne? Suzanne. Suzanne. Okay, cool. I had it right. Just making sure. Yeah, you did. Thank cool. you. Awesome, Suzanne. Thank you. Excellent. All right. We have a, actually, we have a few great questions here from Rebecca. Yeah, these are all really, really good. Rebecca, can you uh, start off with your ENFP and creativity question? <laughs> you read my book. <laughs> Harleen, I'm an ENFP too. <laughs> Let's go. What? Yeah. So I know Carlene, you read it. I know you read it. <laughs> I did read it and I was, I loved your book. It was so, so just such a page turner. So it was amazing. But I'm curious because you said your personality type is ENFP and trying to follow a structure kills my creativity, but you're structured enough to guard your money time. And so what are your time management tips for how to get that mastery as a copywriter on defending your time? when you have a personality that likes to rebel against structure. Yes. Yeah, that is a big challenge. It has been a challenge my entire life. And I, it's, hap, it's gotten to the point where I had to realize that I got to grow up. And although I'm an ENFP, you know, and whatever your personality type is, Myers-Briggs, as you know, that whatever that personality type is, that's a natural spot where that's where your comfort is. However, you can work outside your personality type. You have to. Sometimes you have to do that, depending on who you're working with, in essence. So me, you know, ENFP people, like the, the, the way you can describe an ENFP is if you were praying to God, your prayer would sound like this. Oh, God, please help me focus on, oh, look, a bird, um, on the things that I need to focus. <laughs> that, is, that is ENFP. We will be going all over the place all the time. In fact, the more chaos, the better. The new, the, the newer the stuff, the better it is. The, you know, we don't want to get tied down with like, oh, outlines and details and ugh, that stuff sucks, right? So, it, you know, that's it. I know that that's my personality type, but I also know I can work outside my personality type. So I have the goal. I only want to work three hours a day. All right. To do that, I have to get myself into a structure, you know, in a sense of saying, this is your time. You know, this is the time when you're most creative. You've got to use this time to write. Now, while I'm writing, I can write about whatever I want. I can decide today is going to be bullets or tomorrow, you know, I can change up on that all I want to. That's okay. As long as it's within the restraints of my money time that I am actually writing copy at that time to be able to finish the project, to make the, you know, pay the, you know, get the money for the project I'm working on. That's kind of how I have to do it. So it is a, it is a struggle, but it's got, as I've gotten older and I realize, you know what, I can, if I can just keep myself focused on this, then I can do whatever I want to do later. 
I'll, I'll, I'll reward myself. So even within my, my block of my money time, I'll say, write for 45 minutes, take a 10 minute break. You know, even in that time, I will do that because it gives me a chance to, to do something else and then come back to it. Um, so no tricks. You got to figure out what works for you so that you can get the most out of, you know, your personality type. So I don't do outlines. I hate outlines. I've always hated outlines. I don't, I don't find that I do any better when I write an outline or when I don't write an outline. So I don't do it, you know, but I have structure because I know the copy has to have a headline, has to have a lead, has to have some fascinations, has to have some sidebars, has to have a close, has to have an order form, has to have a back cover. I mean, all those, I have to have them, whether I like it or not, is part of it you know, the whole piece I'm putting together, but when and how I do it, I can go crazy and do it at that point whenever I feel like it. Does that help? That's really great. Yes, thank you. And just finding those little things like the 45 minute on and 10 minutes off to work with your personality. Super helpful. Yeah, yeah it does. Fantastic. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, Rebecca, for that question. Um, we've got time for, for one more. So, Ed, I'm thinking, I saw I think Michael McGovern's question, if you want to maybe... Do that one if he's, uh, if he's still with us. Grab that one. Michael, Michael, Michael. Okay. Uh, Michael asks about what copywriters should know outside the scope of copywriting. And then let's let Michael come on here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. What's up, Michael? Hey, what's up? Uh, by the way, I'm an ENFP too, so that's, that's very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we're bouncing all over the walls. Yep. Um, cool. Yeah. So, man, I actually have to reread re my question. Um, I, you may, you may have, uh, partially answered it, but um, oh yeah, <laughs> right there. It's total it. ENFP all the way. Exactly. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm basically, um, you know, you, you kind of talked about that, like uh, positioning yourself as a consultant as well to try to add value in other areas. Um, but yeah, yeah, basically um, want to know, you know, stuff that is that clients look for, you know, maybe they're sort of testing you to see if you know about certain things, um, just good things to know uh, about their big picture needs that like if you you pitch them on something um, and, and maybe this is part partially like you were saying, um, you know, each client is different and they may have like different little uh, uh, idiosyncrasies and different legal departments and things like that. But um, so it might be that, that might be part of it, but just, um, things about big picture marketing, uh, and, and general goals that they have that are good to know, um, when going into a copy project. So you don't like pitch them on something that just doesn't, uh, that, that won't make sense or is, is not possible, uh, legally or, or otherwise. Dang. I think I lost you there. <laughs> so your question is, how do you pitch your client? without looking stupid? No, I, give it to me short. Come on. You know, I think it's, 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 so it's like, um, like what are some, uh, big picture marketing needs that the client has outside the scope of copy that you can help them with those okay. needs and add more value? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you don't have to do that. First of all, you know, if the client's hiring you to be a copywriter, he does, he's not expecting you to understand his entire business. Now, if you're a good copywriter, you will start to learn his business and find out what his needs are. And then you can make suggestions of how you can you know, help him to reach his goal. It's really always about helping other people, okay? It's not about you making the money because the money will come. 
if you help other people and help them reach their goals, help them get, you know, fulfill their needs, then the money will come. All right. So, um, as far as if you have, you go into a client, you don't know anything about the client, then you need to do your homework. You need to find out about it as much as you can beforehand. They have a website, probably go on the website, learn about what you can with the client. I usually have a kickoff meeting with my clients to find out about the products. When I'm at a kickoff meeting, I am not the copywriter. I am the customer. I want to, I'm asking all kinds of questions. I think my customer wants to know about that product because I have to be able to answer those questions for my customer when I am the copywriter. So it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to, you know, it's actually the more you get the client to talk about their business, the more likely you're going to find your hook. You're going to find your headline. You're going to find your big idea because the client should know his products way better than you. Uh, but once you start working on that product, then you become the expert. You have to learn as much as you possibly can that you can write about it. So don't put the pressure on yourself to say, I have to go and impress the client by understanding his big picture needs, you know, develop a relationship with the client and, and, you know, give him a good copy to start off with. And you'll start to find out what else he needs. And then you can deliver, you know, um, you know, by helping him either suggesting things or, Hey, I found other clients found this works. You might want to try this. You know, you can suggest things um, all the time. When I have copy, when I have a client I have a control with, I'm constantly sending them ideas about things. I may have heard something, okay, this will work for you. Here's an idea. Here's a cover test. So you keep the relationship going with the client and you'll learn more about his business and industry that way. And when you do, you can provide more, you know, uh, sig you know significant uh, information or, or you can deliver some good stuff to the client. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. That, okay. that sounds great. Yeah, I've, don't I've don't put the that. pressure on you. Don't take that pressure off of you. You know. You're no, yeah, I, I don't like feel the. Copy. I don't feel the pressure. I, I think you're yeah. right. Like uh, in conversations um, with a client, it just kind of naturally comes up. You know, when you're talking about the strategy, yep. and then you want to make suggestions and yep. stuff like that. So, yep. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for that question, Michael. And um, that's going to wrap up our time. We're pretty pretty succinct here. Um, but if we didn't get to your question, I apologize, but I still love you. And Carleen, I want to <laughs> say thank you so much. I put your, uh, the link to um, your book in the chat a bunch of times. I'll put it in even one more time. If you haven't gotten Carleen's book, go get it. Oops, that wasn't a copy and paste. Apparently, I don't know how to copy and paste. I'm going to figure it out here. This is a big day for me. Just figured it out. Boom. Uh, Ed said, just got the ebook version. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I got the notification oh, thanks, arriving next Thursday. So I got it. Mine you know, will be in the mail soon enough. Shown and said Kindle version. Um, yeah, just fantastic. But Carleen, seriously, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. It was uh, probably one of my, I mean, not probably, it was definitely one of my favorite episodes I've done of this show so far. I just love your- well, it's, it's a record-breaking episode. It so is a record-breaking episode. Cool. <laughs> ne next thing up, Carleen, is we got to beat Chris out on the YouTube views. I think he's at a couple of like 1.2 or 3,000, 1.3,000 so far okay. in a couple of weeks. You know, obviously it's an ongoing scale, but Let's, let's catch up to him there All too. All right. I yeah. like the challenge. I'm going to give me, give me the link. I'll put it on my website too. So okay. I can get people to, uh, to go to there, check it out. But thank you. Thank you, everyone. I wish you guys the best. I mean, you picked a great industry to be in. Copywriting is amazing. You can do it. You got so many people that you can learn from, you know, um, so take advantage of it. I mean, with Stefan, you know, he's got this amazing, you know, stuff that he's, he knows. He doesn't even think about it. He just tells you the stuff, but it comes out. So take advantage of that. You know, it's cool. You have it. A lot of other copywriters out there who you can learn, get free stuff, get the free stuff as much as you can. Especially if you're starting off, you know, 
take, you know, take advantage of as much of the free stuff as you, as you can, and then you can decide where you want to go and where you want to invest your time. But you do, you will need to invest in your copywriting career. Don't think that you can get everything with the free stuff. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you get to the point where you've gotten through junior high school, middle school, or, you know, a high, a, a high school, well, you can stay there. You'll be okay. But if you want to go to that next level, you're going to need mentoring. You're going to need to have, you know, higher level writers going through your, your copy and really helping you. So when you're ready for that, take advantage of the opportunities that come up that, that, that uh, like I said, Stephan can, can uh, get you in touch with, that will help you to be able to, to take your writing to that next level. I said on my website at carlinecole.com, I have tons of stuff I, I have there at times, but you know, you got the people there, man, take advantage of it. I, I didn't have that. I had to kind of go through. I had Clayton, so that was pretty darn good. Um, but, you know, you guys have so many options. Um, so take advantage of, of, of what you have and really grow. Don't, don't get discouraged. It's okay. Your copy sucks. You don't, you know, if you, if you don't fail, you're not going to grow. So it's okay. Take chances. Um, just, just do it. Just think Nike and do it. <laughs> awesome awesome uh, parting advice carlene thank you so much really appreciate it appreciate your time awesome this was great thank you guys very much take awesome. care and thank yeah, you ed Ray, as well for your Thanks, ed. Uh, wonderful co-hosting yes thank you very Always. much take bye-bye thank you everybody all right that's just about it for today before we finish though let me share a little bit more about how you can stay in touch with me I have a private email list where I share high-level tricks, strategies, and insights about copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, and more. In fact, often my podcasts are based on topics I first emailed out to my list weeks or even months earlier. So if you want to get brand new stuff from me every single day, go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. These emails are often upwards of a thousand words, and I send them every day. So make sure you really can commit to engaging with me on that level. But as long as you can, and you should, because I do drop a ton of value in these emails, go apply to join my list today. And again, the web address is stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. And in case you don't know how to spell my name, which is okay, it is S-T-E-F-A-N, Paul, and then my last name is georgi, G-E-O-R-G-I.com. So stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe, and I will see you in my email list.